Hi, my name is Bob Brooks, founder of Long the Tooth Podcast. Most dentists fail to plan ahead for the sale of their practice, which costs them hundreds of thousands of dollars and burdens the ones they love with uncertainty about the future. So every Friday on Long the Tooth, we share non-clinical insights from dental industry experts to help practice owners prepare for the sale of their practice today so they maximize profitability and peace of mind in the future. For all the hard work you put into building a practice, we believe that you, your family, and your staff deserve to transition after the sale into an even richer and more rewarding season of life. Hi, thank you for joining us again. This is Marie Chatterley here. I'm here with Dr. Lori Kemet, and we're discussing the options between joining a DSO versus an independent buyer for any type of a transition. We're going to jump right into the differences in what a working relationship works like, whether it be a work back with a DSO or working in conjunction with bringing an independent buyer on as an associate to do a buy-in, buy-out, any of those types of arrangements. So thank you for joining us, Dr. Kemet, again. You're welcome. Glad to be here. So give us some of your feedback as to what you saw are some of the big differences between the proposals you received in a work back arrangement with the DSO versus your experience in working with an independent buyer in your practice. Okay. Yeah. So when I was um, looking at the DSO model, uh, it was clear to me that I was going to have to work uh, at least as many days as I was currently working or more. And I just want to say that I was working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I didn't work on Thursdays and Fridays um, before I started to transition my practice. So I was going to have to go from three days to four days. Uh, and the percentage that I was going to be paid by that DSO was going to be uh, lower than I wanted. And uh, if I can speak about percentages, it was going to be 30%. It wasn't going to be something like 35 or 40, which I know now is more normal in a situation like this. I was going to be expected to travel to other locations and educate uh, their employees and their associate dentists. And I even in one situation was going to be asked to pay for the associate wage out of my wage. That was really extreme. And that's when I started to go, something doesn't smell right here, right? And at one point I even told the DSO guy <laughs> that was not a dentist, by the way, that I was being insulted by his offer. And um, I was pretty frank and let him know that we were done having a conversation. So, and in the, in the different, in the other model of selling to a private buyer or transitioning with a partner, let's say, uh, I was going to be able to, and I have maintained my number of workdays. In fact, I've gone from three to two. And that's really fun because now I actually am leaving the office at two o'clock on Mondays and Tuesdays. I get there for the morning huddle. Um, my, my percentage of work back is what I expected. And um, I am having a absolute blast with my person that I'm transitioning my practice with. She's delightful. She's a sponge. And I waited a long time for her. So that's another thing is just waiting for the right buyer, but we, you know, or the right partner is super, super important. So I guess maybe that helps. Yes. I'm glad you bring up the timing component because I feel like oftentimes we think of what a transition looks like and we rush right into all of the options 
And if you want to do, especially something that is a slower transition where you have a fair amount of overlap with a prospective buyer who's coming in to either join as an associate leading to a buy-in buyout or even a partnership, I mean, it needs to be somebody that you want to be, you know, married to, somebody that you enjoy being with that is going to be just the perfect fit. And I mean, I know you specifically, I know you looked for a number of years, so it doesn't always have to take, uh, you know, years and years. However, that's a key part to keep in mind is that, you know, being able to have a relationship with somebody where a work back agreement is going to be desirable for both parties, it really takes the time to make sure that it's somebody like you're saying that, I love the way you describe her. She's delightful. She's, you know, a sponge. She's somebody that you just enjoy being with, not only just practicing with. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I think it's a, it's a giving situation. It's a, it's a place where how can I give to her and she gives back to me and there's not this nitpicky, um, it's my production or your production. Uh, You just have to be in the giving spirit. So for instance, let's say that she's starting an Invisalign case and the patient only wants to see the old dentist me, right? So um, I'm giving her the Invisalign production and she's asking me to do the IPR. I think most of the dentists out there listening understand what that is. Um, I said, yes, of course I'm willing to do that because you know what, on a Wednesday or Thursday when I'm not there, she's going to step in and help me with a patient who she might do something at no charge on. Mm -hmm. So it's this give and take and not counting pennies, right? We're in this for the big picture and the long haul. Yes. And I mean, the way you describe that, I always like to point out that when you're negotiating terms of any type of a transition, that you have to be very delicate in the way you're handling those negotiations because you want to preserve the relationship that you guys have so that that way, when you are working together, you're both in a giving spirit. You both felt like you were felt you were dealt with fairly in the process. And from there, you want to give and she wants to give. You both want to be a part of each other's success, even though you might be transitioning roles at some point. And It's different, I would say, when you're talking with a corporation of any type of logistic details, you can almost be a little bit more aggressive in your negotiating because these are individuals you're talking to. When you're working independent to independent, I would argue is one of the most delicate transitions you can have because you want to, each party needs to have their interests met in a way that's not sacrificing the interest of the other person. That's not making somebody feel terrible or like when you described that a work back arrangement you know, you were insulted by a component of it because you didn't feel like what you were offering was being valued enough to have the financial consideration associated with it. But then when you're with an independent person, it's like, it's interesting that the whole perception changes. It's not really about money anymore because you feel you've been dealt with fairly. And so everything about the process, including how you're managing treatment back and forth and sharing of patients or a patient not wanting to see one person or another, you're both doing that in a way that's very giving and looking out for each other's interest in the process. Yes. Now, when it comes to a longer transition, would you say that you're having to sacrifice your autonomy? Or do you feel like that is something that you've been able to maintain even bringing somebody into the practice? Well, I, I think, I think what, I, what your question is addressing is autonomy, meaning like still having this sense of ownership almost, even though that's transitioning. Um, like I, I still have this really strong relationship with the employees, for instance, Mm -hmm. and I still have this really strong relationship with all of my patients and I'm empowering the new dentist to introduce her to my patients and, and helping them the transition go smoothly. So 
yes, I still feel like I'm a part of this practice. And even though maybe I'm not the sole owner anymore, it's, I'm, I'm still just in love with everything. I just love going to work. I love teaching the new dentist things. I love interacting with all of the patients and the employees and knowing that the retention is going to be high too through this whole process with the patients and my employees. Like we haven't had an employee leave, right? We have not had any patient request that their records be transferred. I mean, there is a way to do it and you just do it by giving <laughs> and being excited and being excited about this person, this new person in your office. And, and it is possible. Yeah. I'll, I'd like to make a comment here because I feel that, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for you in the process because I've seen that you're willing to make certain sacrifices for someone else to be successful. And I have to credit you for that. I feel like a lot of us want to do that. It's hard to do it sometimes, especially if there's money associated with it. But to me, it has shown me that there's more to this that you have love and passion for not just the dentistry, it's all the people behind it. It's your staff members, it's your patients. And so to hear that a transition for you has led to there being no attrition, <laughs> that all the staff have stayed, uh, you know, to your credit and to uh, the individual that's joined you, I feel that that shows that you were on the same page from the very beginning. And that even though things have to be negotiated back and forth, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that everything's perfect in a transition. That's I don't think that's ever happened, but it means that both of you were thinking of something else as the end game, that we would have a good relationship here and that we want the success of this practice to continue on. We want our patients to feel loved and accepted when they're here in our chair. We want our staff members to feel like this is their work family and to keep that continuous even after. And so anything else you want to add as far as what this experience has been like in working with someone joining your practice? It has met my expectations and then some, like I just almost, it almost brings me to tears. It's been such a fantastic transition and I feel so lucky and so fortunate. It's such a great profession. It's just an amazing profession to allow for an opportunity to, to transition and leave your profession that you've loved for so many years and, and offer, offer it up to someone else who's going to have a winning a winning career too. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for your insight and thoughts. I feel that our listeners are going to benefit a lot from your experiences and how this has been so successful with an independent buyer coming in, that your transition was able to offer what you were hoping it would, which is you can have a smooth transition and you can have this positive outlook even months later. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Kemet, and we will visit with you again. Uh, regarding more of the differences between independent buyers joining a practice versus DSOs. So thank you so much. Thank you.